the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. Good morning. You're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Wednesday morning. We're so glad to have you with us today. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Alicia Quibido and Johnny Bear. Hey, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Wednesday. Good morning, everybody. Yeah, it's a beautiful morning. Nice and cool, yeah, clear. It is. Nice and crazy morning. morning. Moving right along in October. I can't believe it. Uh, All Saints Day, All Souls Day, right around the corner chance to remember our loved ones and all those who behold God are on their way. So, uh, mm-hmm. And that includes uh, some of the saints such as today, our saint of the day is St. Peter of Alcantara, Franciscan, who did get uh, enraptured in his prayer for God, even seen elevating, we were talking about earlier. So let's call on him in our, in our morning prayer this morning, as we do pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. O God, it has pleased you to set before us the blessed confessor Peter of Alcantara as a wonderful example of true penance and of a mind unfathomably wrapped in contemplating you. We ask that this same humble servant pray for us now, that we too may be putting away earthly things that do not lead us to happiness, so as to take lively hold on those heavenly things that lead us home to you. We pray this in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thank you so much, Johnny. Looking forward to learning more about our Saint of the Day. But we're also live on YouTube, so you can watch us on YouTube.com and search Catholic Community Radio. Hit that subscribe button and that bell, so every time we go live or post a video on our channel, you will get a notification. Also join us for the Patriotic Rosary daily at 12.30 p.m. Central Time through Election Day. Patriotic Rosary is so powerful, so join in. Johnny Abrair joins us, of course, looking forward to his gospel reflection in just six minutes. In 18 minutes, Peter Finney with the Clarion Herald joins us. He's a general manager and editor of the Clarion Herald. He'll give us an update of what you can find in this week's issue in the Archdiocese of New Orleans. And it's a lot of stuff, exciting things. So looking forward to speaking to Peter this morning. Dr. Charles Namath joins us to talk about his book called Finding Happiness in a Complex World, Rules from Aristotle and Aquinas. And in 48 minutes, Sherry Pepo joins us. She is the executive director with Catholic Cemeteries in the Archdiocese of New Orleans, and she's going to be talking about All Saints Day festivities and also an update on their cemeteries. So it's been a while since we've talked to Sherry, and I'm looking forward to learning a little bit more. I know that All Saints Day, they usually have a beautiful uh, mass, and it's a really nice event. So praying for some great weather 
uh, on All Saints Day. So it's going to be a good time, Alicia. Looking forward to it. That's right. And this morning is so beautiful. It's nice and crisp outside. So you look forward to sunny skies today and mild conditions. The highs will only climb to the 70s. Tonight will be clear and cool. Lows will dip into the mid to upper 40s along north of I-10, I-12, and the lower to mid 50s south of 10 and 12. Uh, current temperatures in our listening area, Baton Rouge 49 in Ponchatoula. It's 48 degrees. Biloxi, Mississippi, 54. And the warm spot, as usual, is New Orleans at 60 degrees. So it will be a beautiful day today. So get out and enjoy that. Stick around. Up next is today's gospel. And we'll hear from Johnny about his reflection on the gospel. It is five minutes after the hour on Wake Up. Good Wednesday morning to you. I'm Father Chris Decker, and today's gospel is taken from Luke chapter 13. Jesus passed through towns and villages, teaching as he went and making his way to Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, will only a few people be saved? He answered them, Strive to enter through the narrow gate. For many, I tell you, will attempt to enter, but will not be strong enough. After the master of the house has arisen and locked the door, then will you stand outside knocking and saying, Lord, open the door for us. He will say to you in reply, I do not know where you are from. And you will say, We ate and drank in your company, and you taught in our streets. Then he will say to you, I do not know where you are from. Depart from me, all you evildoers. And there will be wailing and grinding of teeth, when you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, and you yourselves cast out. And people will come from the east and the west, and from the north and the south, and will recline at table in the kingdom of God. For behold, some are last who will be first, and some are first who will be last. Thank you, Father Chris Decker. Well, guys, this gospel, it should shake us up a bit. It does me, doesn't it? A bit. <laughs> I do not know where you are from. Ooh, depart from me, you evil doers. Wow. So Jesus makes it pretty yeah. clear here that what we do and who we do it for will determine our ultimate destiny. I mean, if we do evil, we build our own kingdom rather than the Father's kingdom. That's the wide road to hell, basically. He just honors that choices that we've made. On the other hand, you know, if we are living a life of service and love to build the kingdom with God, with Jesus leading us at every source of the way, then he will lead us to that narrow road. Sounds easy, right? <laughs> you know that's not easy you know because uh if we think we've arrived we're probably not where we should be so i was looking more at that uh the kingdom of god I, I, someone said that the kingdom of god that phrase is like 120 times in the new testament and jesus said 90 of them so i thought hmm better get to know better get to know what that is you know uh to get i don't want to be one of those banging on the doors from the outside not recognizing the kingdom so you know when we look at this like in the gospel today you know is the kingdom of god in the future because it sure seems to be the way jesus is describing it 
And we also see that in other parables, like the, the net thrown out when it pulls in and, and he separates the wicked from the righteous at the end. But in other places, Jesus talks about it. It sounds like it's here and it's now, you know, like the parable of the sower and the seeds or the mustard seed, the finding of the treasure in the field, the pearl of great price, all those, you know, the kingdom of God is at hand, as he says. So is it future? Is it now? You know, is it, uh, is it the spirit of God dwelling in us? Is it the church? All these questions. And of course, the answer to that is like the Catholic answer most of the time, which is all of the above, right? Um, but in many ways, you know, Jesus is making, he's not trying to make it as complicated. It's really quite simple when you boil down to, in many ways, the most answer is it's not what, where is the kingdom, when is the kingdom, it's who is the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus identifies himself as the kingdom of God. Uh, he's the way in the life now, and he's the door, the gate, the destination, the bridegroom. And so where he is, the church is, the spirit is, where he is, the kingdom is. And if you think about it, then every time Jesus talks about it, those 90 plus times, whenever it is, uh, regarding the kingdom of God, it makes sense when you realize it's Jesus is announcing himself as both the kingdom of God now and the one we're going to meet in the end. It's because of his victory over his death, his resurrection. And also the fact that he elevated us, he elevated humanity, he elevated all of creation here and now. So wherever he is, there is the kingdom of God. And I think it so strongly uh, hits us with respect to the Eucharist, especially a Eucharistic procession in terms of the kingdom of God being here and being now, or at least partially on its way. Because that's when you really see, wow, he has conquered. He has transformed not only his body, he's transforming us as we also uh, become baptized unto him. And the other thing that hit me the other day was we're doing the, uh, the joyful, I'm sorry, the, the luminous mysteries. When you get to the mystery and the rosary of the kingdom of God, that one really hit me because, you know, yeah, when you say in the rosary, it's always an event of Jesus or Mary. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of picture that. And when I got to the, the one about the kingdom of God, the first time I said, wait a minute, which one? <laughs> when did he say that? And I'm trying to put my mind on a certain thing or an event or a time he said it, 90 times, right? But now when we think about it as both now and becoming and in the future, and, and then it makes more sense. You can't pin that down in a sense, you know? It's like we're, we're like a wheel moving toward him, but he's also in us as we move toward him. So I thought, well... Yeah, so, so that really uh, kind of jarred me when I was kind of contemplating that mystery. So I think we ought to put up a sign every place that basically says, Welcome to the kingdom, currently undergoing construction. You know, <laughs> no, no detours <laughs> available. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> someone said, Well, may our, maybe our hard hats will then, you know, become halos one day. Eh, that's a good way to think about it, I think. So, so you have to mm -hmm. ask yourself, so if the kingdom is now, but not fully, what's holding it up? You know, the only reason is that uh, the subjects of the kingdom are kind of hard to find sometimes, you know. Uh, many of the subjects want to be the king, and they're talking about on, on earth here. Many are in rebellion or even oblivious to it. I, I thought this was a cute little story about uh, this, this uh, little girl who was uh, walking with her grand. Well, I'm sorry, her grandfather was out at night showing her the stars and the constellations and pointing everything out to her and how beautiful it was. And the little girl 
uh, just in awe. And she says, gee, Grandpa, if the bottom of heaven is this amazing, I can only imagine what the top looks like, you know? <laughs> and, and, and that's that, uh, that exchange there between the grandfather and the daughter. You see that wonder, that awe, that love, and building that faith, and that she wants to learn more. So, so today, you know, and you compare that to uh, the old one about the young fish that's swimming around in the, in the, and, and he swims up to an older fish and he says, excuse me, sir, I'm looking for the ocean. And the older fish says, well, this is the ocean. And the younger fish, no, 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 this is just water. And he swims off and the older fish goes, boy, you just don't see it. You just don't see the kingdom of God. So you have all everything from being oblivious, you know, to the opposite side of truly being called and being in wonder. So today, you know, what are we called to do? You know, we're told to take Jesus with us everywhere to work, to our friends, to our children, to introduce him to everyone with the way we live, the deepest part of our being. And we hope that one day we'll hear the Lord will say, I know you. I know where you've been because you've been there with me and I've been there with you. Come now into the banquet. It's our call. Well, stick with us. It's quarter after. Peter Finney with the Clarence Herald is going to join us with some big, late, breaking news. Can't wait to hear that. It's Stay with us now, but right around the corner. Be right back. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for October 26th. Today we celebrate St. Peter of Alcantara. Reform of the Church was the challenge of the 16th century. Today's saint directed all his energies to that end, including his focus on personal reform. After studying at the University of Salamanca, Peter joined a small branch of the Franciscans in 1515. He was soon recognized for his gifts, serving as superior of a new house before his ordination and as provincial before he had reached age 40. Whatever position he held, he was not above washing dishes and cutting wood for the friars, asking little for himself regarding food and clothing. A successful preacher, he never gave in to the prejudices and passions of the day. Later, Peter obtained permission to form a group of friars who would follow the rule of St. Francis with even greater rigor. Members of the community slept in small cells, abstained from meat and wine, and begged for their food. Eventually, they became part of the Order of Friars Minor. Toward the end of his life, Peter offered spiritual direction to St. Teresa of Avila, encouraging her in the reform of the Carmelite Order. He died in 1562 and was canonized in 1669. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. Good morning. It's 19 minutes after the hour on Wake Up. I'm Alicia Quivenden with Johnny Bear and Gabby Smith. We're joined by our friend Peter Finney. He is the editor and general manager of the Clarion Herald, the official newspaper of the Archdiocese of New Orleans. Good morning, Peter. Hey, good morning, Alicia. How are you? Wonderful. It's so great to have you with us this morning. And what wonderful timing. You have some late breaking news that you want to share with us. It's very exciting. It is. And that's one thing about having a great social media presence. Uh, We found out right after we printed uh, the October 29th issue. So the, the issue had already gone to bed and was printed that uh, Father John Tran, who is the pastor of Mary Queen of Peace Parish, 
in Mandeville has been named by Pope Francis as an auxiliary bishop in Atlanta. So uh, it's an incredible appointment. Uh, Father, Father Tran, first of all, is an incredible priest. He uh, was born in 1966 in Vietnam. Uh, his family, of course, was in South Vietnam and, and wanted to, to practice their faith, their Catholic faith. They were able uh, to actually leave Vietnam in 1975. They were, they were among uh, the many people who escaped Vietnam in boats. They were rescued at sea uh, and then eventually found their way to, uh, to the United States and then to New Orleans. But uh, Father Tran mentioned in his uh, interview yesterday in Atlanta that his family, his father, was, was, had, had a lot of property in Vietnam, so it was fairly wealthy, for, you know, relatively wealthy in Vietnam. But they left with nothing, of course. They had nothing, and they so appreciate uh, not only the ability to practice their faith, but also, uh, you know, the United States and, and, and what, uh, what, the, what this country and its freedoms has meant to, uh, to them. So uh, he, he, he said he was shocked, uh, certainly, to uh, receive it. In fact, he got the call, he got several calls from the, from the papal nuncio uh, four times. This, 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 his, his cell phone rang, but he didn't recognize the thing. <laughs> And a lot, like a lot of people, I don't answer the phone if I don't know who it is. Right? He said, this is political season. We're getting a lot of politics. I, I don't really know. But he, but he texted back, and finally, he said, oh, please call. Uh, the, the, the nuncio left, actually then finally left that voicemail. Will you please call me? <laughs> and so the, uh, wow. the Pope Francis wants to, wants to name you uh, Atlanta uh, Auxiliary Bishop. So uh, he will be ordained uh, as, an, as a bishop. In uh, on January 23rd, so uh, wonderful news for him. Uh, so it's a loss for Mary Queen of Peace. They love yes. him so much, but he's touched so many people. Wow, it's a beautiful story, and you can find that it, it won't be in the Clarion Correct this week, but you can find it online at clarionherald.org. That's, right. That's correct. Okay, wow, that's a wonderful story. Well, there are also two stories uh, about parishes celebrating big anniversaries. Uh, I have to say that my favorite is uh, the one about Holy Spirit in New Orleans turning 50 and the special guest that attended that Mass. It's amazing, Alicia. Uh, Holy Spirit was founded in 1972. You know, parishes have 50th anniversaries. That's not really uncommon. But the founding pastor... Uh, you know, Father Alan Roy was there at the celebration. He's 93 years old, uh, and he was just he led, he led uh, such a joyful. Pre- he was had a, such a joyful presence with Archbishop Amon. He talked about the beginnings of the parish and all the parishioners who grew up with him. His altar boys and altar servers, uh, just, they just love him to death. And they talked about what kind of special person uh, Father Roy is, and uh, he's still going strong. Uh, he's 93, but just a very joyful presence. So that was a great 50th anniversary with the, the founding pastor. And then there's a, uh, another parish, uh, St. Christopher the Martyr in Metairie, is getting ready to celebrate its 75th anniversary, and that will be on November 5th. So that's coming up on November 5th, St. Christopher the Martyr. Wow, that's amazing. What a beautiful, beautiful time to celebrate for those parishes. So you also right. have an eternal life section. Peter, tell us about that. Yes, it's, it, we always do it at the end of uh, October in advance of All Saints Day. And uh, it has, a, first, uh, we always have a couple of things. We have the, the schedule for the blessing of the, of the tombs, which is a very uh, traditional thing in New Orleans, certainly. Uh, people go to visit their loved ones uh, who are buried in, in, in cemeteries. We have all the schedules for the different uh, blessings uh, of the tombs. And we also have uh, uh, parishes across the archdiocese have so much help for people who have lost loved ones. 
took not only uh, for bereavement and, and preparing for the funeral, a lot of parishes do that, but they also have support groups uh, to, to help people who are still grieving, certainly, uh, the loss of a loved one. And uh, so we have that information in the paper. And there's also uh, a story about this new ministry called Redbird, which uh, kind of it focuses on, on all loss, but specifically parents who have lost a child. Maybe it's a miscarriage or a stillbirth, uh, but the, the, the loss of a child for a parent they say it's just the ultimate loss, and, and, and then this Redbird ministry, which has chapters around the archdiocese, is very helpful to, to parents who are going through that, that situation. Wow, that's wonderful. And that, so and you also mentioned, just to let our listeners know, they can also find that schedule of the Blessing of the Graves for All Saints Day um, in in this uh, week's issue of the Clarion Herald, and you can also find it at clarionherald.org. So I don't know if I read this right, Peter, but... Is Peter Pan coming to Rummel? <laughs> Peter Pan's coming to Rummel. It's, it's, it's not just a, a typical high school play, you know, maybe in the in the in the gym or or in the in the auditorium. Uh, Archbishop Rummel, uh, a couple of years ago, they brought back uh, Brant Blocker, who is a tremendous theater uh, a veteran, and he is the kind of the the director of the what they call the the Genesian players, the, the Rummel's Genesians, and they are doing Peter Pan. But not only that, he said, if you do Peter Pan, you have to have Peter Pan fly. So, so they're going uh, to the Jefferson Performing Arts Center in Metairie, this big, certainly big stage, and it, it's an incredible production, not only of Rummel students, but uh, high schools around, uh, around the Archdiocese, and also elementary school students are participating in this play. And uh, it's really, it, it's a semi professional uh, thing. He's really uh, up the level of the theater production. It will be November 11th to the 13th at the uh, Jefferson Performing Arts Center in Metairie. So uh, Peter Pan is coming and he will be flying. So that's, that's a <laughs> That sounds like a show not to miss. That's wonderful. <laughs> that's right. Uh, we're visiting with Peter Finney. He is the editor and general manager of the Clarion Herald, the official newspaper of the Archdiocese of New Orleans. Uh, Peter, if someone is listening and they want to pick up a copy of the Clarion Herald, what is an article that they should not miss reading? Well, you know, uh, I also was able to talk to Karen Baker, who was a former uh, reporter for the Times-Picayune. She was on the Sea of Galilee in 2012 when she found out she was losing her job, along with 200 other Times-Picayune employees. And Karen uh, is now the office manager at Mary Queen of Peace Parish, where, where Father Tran is. And she talked about the transformation in her life and, and what it has meant being in parish ministry and helping people who walk through the door. You never know who's walking through the door. And it's a very, just a little personal talk about, you know, how uh, God really took, took a very tough, very emotional event in her life, and now uh, she's really thriving as the office manager at Mary Queen of Peace in Mandeville. Wow, that's a wonderful story. Uh, Peter, let our listeners know where they can pick up a copy or find these articles uh, for the Clarion Herald this week. Absolutely. It's at every church uh, at, at ma- weekend mass in the Archdiocese of New Orleans. And then if, uh, uh, if you want to go online, it's, it's all the elect- every page of every issue is already up there at clarionherald.org in our e-edition. Okay, and that's the only place, clarionherald.org is the only place you can find the article about uh, soon-to-be auxiliary bishop, Tran. Is that correct? 
That's correct. It's, it's, we have it up on Facebook and Twitter, but we, it's on the website, clarionherald.org. Clarionherald.org. Thank you so much, Peter Finney, editor and general manager with the Clarion Herald, the official newspaper of the Archdiocese of New Orleans. Thank you so much for joining us this morning, Peter. Thank you, Alicia. Thank you. God bless. Wow. So that's clarionherald.org. You definitely want to read uh, that article about, uh, I love it, that how many times have we all uh, let phone calls go when we don't recognize the number? But little did he know it was the, uh, you know, the papal nuncio was trying to get in touch with him four times. Uh, So I love that story. And and he just seems like such a wonderful man. I don't know him. Johnny, he's in your area, uh, Father Tran. Yeah, he was... Uh, yes, he is. In yes. fact, I uh, we were there just a few weeks ago and and had mass there, and he oh. he was presiding there. So uh, Benny mm-hmm. always greets everyone coming out. Uh, but just a wonderful story, yes. you know. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and his, he's a very humble man. His story of yeah. coming here from Vietnam, his father was sentenced to 18 years in prison. Um, and because he wow. wanted to practice his Catholic faith, faith they left everything behind um, and were rescued on the water. So it's, it's a beautiful story and wonderful things about uh, the joy that he experiences uh, in his life. He, God's will is he just goes with it. He's just, it mm-hmm. sounds like a beautiful story. Uh, and I'm sure he will be a gift to uh, the arch diocese of atlanta so make sure you check that out clarionherald.org uh so johnny we have a a, a, our next guest is dr charles nemeth am i saying that right gabby nemeth sorry yes Yes, i knew that so he is going to talk to us about finding happiness in a complex world rules from aristotle and aquinas we were before the show visiting about how complex the world actually is so oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. it will yeah. be wonderful to hear <laughs> from Dr. Unusual Trump. sources of about happiness from those two. Right? Great intellects, but man, yeah. okay. I'm, I, I can't wait to hear what he says. Exactly. <laughs> so. Me too. It will be a wonderful mm-hmm. conversation with uh, Dr. Charles uh, uh, coming up next. So just one little note. I wanted to let everybody know we mentioned it yesterday. Our Catholic Man Night, the sixth annual Catholic Man Night is sold out. Uh, it will be a wonderful night. It's one week from today. So look for our uh, social media and we'll get some pictures on there to to share with you. Uh, We want to thank our sponsor, Olin Group One Solution, for being our presenting sponsor of the 6th Annual Catholic Man Night. Stick around. Dr. Charles Namath will join us to talk about finding happiness in a complex world. It is half past the hour on Wake Up. Good to be with you this morning, this chilly morning, as we move toward All Souls Day, All Saints Day. I remember that better than Halloween. I should celebrate it more, at least. And uh, we are, because we want to be happy, not sad. So speaking of that, Dr. Charles Nemeth joins us now to talk about his book, Finding Happiness in a Complex World, Rules from Aristotle and Aquinas. Good morning, Dr. Nemeth. Good to have you with us. Thank you very much. Good morning to all. Yeah, you bet. Well, you know, happiness, everybody wants it. There's so much advice out there. People write all about it, but many still seem to be miserable. And Dr. Nemeth, I, I would say that the one place I probably would not think of 
in terms of advice on how to be happy would be from Aristotle and Aquinas, because, gosh, they were such intellects. So not romance novelists, but what did you find in, in reading about them that we missed? I think that uh, part of my advantage is I've fallen in love with uh, both of them, and that's been true uh, even when I've been practicing law for all these years. Uh, And then I eventually got a Ph.D. in philosophy, and these two figures became the predominant intellectual influence in my life. And the more I got into their view of law and what law should be and how lawyers should act and all this other stuff, the more I saw that this is a recipe for human happiness. These things are perennially and perpetually true, which they offer up. And I understand that people are, you know, often intimidated by the complexities of both figures. They're not the easiest reads on the face of the earth. But what this finding happiness does is it takes the smaller bits and pieces of their brilliance, puts them in a little box in each chapter, it introduces the topic, whether it's on sexuality, fame, adulation, whatever it is you're looking at, and then it supports it with empirical analysis and studies, which support everything that Aristotle and Aquinas have ever said. Their their view of human happiness is universally true, and it will never change. It's all, it is a perfect formula for finding contentment in a very complex world. Mm, wow. So, so uh, little boxes. Do you have any, like, uh, maybe memorable quotes or maybe uh, pictures in our mind of, of what one or both of them may have said to kind of illustrate that? Oh, well, there are the, and there's hundreds of them in the book. Uh, uh, here's an example from Aristotle. Some seem to think, not without reason, that the supreme good called happiness is a good belonging to this life. But this seems too superficial to be the good we are looking for. So he already discounts the temporal world as being the place. And and then Aquinas, side by side with him, says, uh, men think that there is some happiness in this life because of a similarity of it to true happiness. They are not altogether wrong in so thinking, but it's an imperfect happiness which can be had in this life, and it can be lost. And the only place where true happiness Uh, ever exist in any human being is in the ultimate end for why human beings were created in the first place, and that is to seek out and be with God. So people who believe that in their temporal lifetimes are going to be a lot happier than people who don't see anything beyond the beyond the ashes to ashes grave. I mean, there is so much in this finding happiness about how the spiritual uh, life, the religious life, your whole attitude towards why we're here in the first place keeps you in equilibrium. And so, so that's the happiness that you're seeking. Knowing your place in the universe, not thinking that you are the master of your own universe, but you're just part of a grander plan. Yeah, I found it interesting that, uh, so, so you got one here that's pre-Christian, and then, of course, you with Aristotle, then you've got Aquinas, who is, you know, pre-modernism, if you will. So it, you mentioned that it, these are universal truths. Then bookend right there in time is Jesus, who comes out talking with the Beatitudes of what it really means to be happy. And, and in the Gospel today, even Jesus says, what we do for others in his name is really what matters in terms of being happy and making it to heaven. So, so it's interesting that these men kind of echo that. So tie that in. I mean, how, how well, Jesus kind of anchors all reasons, that, right? 
Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to interrupt. I, I, I think what I was trying to do here, too, is to uh, oftentimes I've written about uh, five or five books on St. Thomas, and, I, and, and it, a lot of people critique St. Thomas as being a, nothing more than a churchman. Which shows you your complete ignorance, but uh, or they'll they'll say he's just a theologian. He knows nothing beyond what the theology of Catholicism is, which is ridiculous, because he was in love with Aristotle. That he called him in the book, this book and every other book he ever wrote, uh, uh, the philosopher. He had such high esteem for Aristotle. But one of the reasons I think the book is powerful is because you have a pagan on on the one side, and then you have the angelic right. doctor on the other side. And they agree on everything. If you go yeah, through just... every chapter, every chapter, whether it's on, you know, how much money you can make, uh, how much sex you can have, uh, you know, what is the nature of a family, whatever it is, it always comes down to the same rules for both of them. So if, if that's the case, uh, you know, I try to disarm the critics of St. Thomas, and then they'll just, uh, and, then, and maybe they'll listen a little bit more, and people should listen to these two figures. They're two of the most powerful intellectual forces uh, the world has ever had. And their formula works. It doesn't mean, and this is another misnomer that people think that you're happy, you're in this current frenetic state of exhilaration all the time. We are always happy, 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 happy. That's not what happiness is at all. But that's what the modern world wants, and that's why we're so pharmacological about it, why we're constantly looking for explanations about why we're not always happy all the time in the medical community, psychiatric community, psychological. None of these, these are dead-end streets. There is a simple way to become happy in this complicated world. Yeah, that's wonderful. We are talking with Dr. Charles Nemeth. He's talking about his book, Finding Happiness in a Complex World, Rules from Aristotle and Aquinas. Uh, Dr. Nemeth, uh, you even put, uh, is kind of leading up, they got, you kind of wrap up and you come up with some suggestions, you know, in the book from all this great wisdom and including things that do not lead to happiness. So can you share a few of those suggestions that you might have to kind of tease, tease us a little bit about the book? Well, I think the place where people would want to go is in the last chapter, which lists all the rules that exist for being happy that come from Aristotle and Aquinas. And it's a simple thing. It just, uh, it's just sentences that, uh, Things like happiness does not arise from fame or notoriety. Uh, that happiness is only discoverable in the eternal and perpetual God, while all other fame is fleeting. And so when you look at this series of rules, I think of about three or 400 rules from both of them, uh, and you can apply it to your own life, you'll soon discover that these things are true. That uh, people who engage in high levels of promiscuity are never happy. Uh, what are they labored with? Is that something people say to me? Prostitution is 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 female empowerment, and it's you know it's my body, my choice. Well, why are they all for the most part drug addicts? Why do they commit high rates of suicide? Why are they always distressed all the time? It's because they're doing everything in opposition to their natural state. They're acting in contravention to their natural order, and they are certainly acting in contravention to the the law of God which is quite clear about so many of these behaviors. So I, I would suggest that pe people who uh, want to take a look at this text, Finding Happiness, check out the last chapter because there's a series of rules on every one 
uh, of these false, I call them the false gods, the people that put in front of them is going to make them happy. If this was the case, then actors and actresses, athletes, <laughs> politicians, right. all of that would be so happy all the time. It would well, be ridiculous. And obviously they're not. <laughs> it's pretty clear. Well, you know, at first I thought, Dr. Nemeth, I thought, well, maybe this book is for older people. But then as you're describing it, it sounds like it would even be appropriate for younger people, especially young no, people is, who were kind this of, book was, yeah. This, this book was written for high school and college students. I started okay, teaching wow. in college in 1977, a million years ago at Niagara University in Niagara Falls. And uh, all these years later, I, I uh, my final job in New York City was at John Jay College. I retired from there. And then I got an opportunity to come to Franciscan. And Franciscan Wonderful. University oh. is one of the most joyous and I started yes. the criminal justice program here. It's one of the most joyous places I've ever encountered. And that's what drove me to write this book, to make the comparison of why are the students so happy here yes. and they're not happy at other places. Real quick, where can we get a copy of the book, Dr. Nemeth? Uh, SophiaInstitute.com. Uh, uh, they, uh, their website, you can also buy it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. It's all. It is 48 past the hour. Thanks so much for tuning in to Wake Up. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Alicia Quibido and Johnny Bear. All of the information from our guests today, whether it's books or any website that they have mentioned, can be found in the comment section for our Facebook Live video for today. That's Wake Up Wednesday. We are streaming live on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Catholic Community Radio. So you can go and check that out and share our video. Our next guest is Sherry Peppo. She is the Executive Director with Catholic Cemeteries in the Archdiocese of New Orleans. Today she joins us to give us an update on the cemeteries, and we're going to talk a little bit about All Saints Day festivities. Hey, Sherry, good morning. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's so good to have you with us once again. Give us an update on how Catholic Cemeteries is doing. Oh, sure. Um, so um, first, I'd like to just mention, um, and to kind of get the word out, that um, when we finished restoring our St. Rock Chapel um, and had the rededication back in May, we started doing a monthly healing mass um, in Father mm-hmm. Tanu from um, Our Lady Star of the Sea, uh, presides over that for us, and it's the first Friday of every month at 10 a.m., and that's in the St. Rock Chapel at St. Rock Cemetery. So we're just trying to spread the word on that because we have a lot of people that have been going and they really appreciate the Mass and seeing how beautiful the chapel is over there. And then um, for our All Saints Day, yes, it's really beautiful. If you haven't seen it yet, you really should. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, uh, for All Saints Day, uh, we're going to have um, two Masses. Uh, one it will be at 10 a.m. at St. Rock Cemetery, and that's with Father Tanu, uh, followed by the Blessing of the Graves at St. Rock. And then the other one is our 11 a.m. Mass with Archbishop Amen, and that is going to be at Our Lady um, of the Rosary Church on Esplanade Avenue. Um, and that will be followed by Blessings of the Graves across the street at St. Louis Number 3. All of the other, um, all of our other Catholic cemeteries, um, yes, that's usually, we usually have a big um, turnout for that, and um, and then Archbishop walks, you know, all of St. Louis number three, uh, which is about three quarters of a mile, so it's a nice little walk um, throughout the cemetery, um, and blessing all the graves, and then um, all of the other, uh, all of our other Catholic cemeteries will also have uh, blessings, and that information for all the times can be found on our website under the news section. Um, they'll have the times for each of the um, Catholic cemeteries with the blessing of the graves. Um, so that kind of 
wraps up all of our All Saints Day um, festivities. And um, but you know we have a lot going on. If anybody wants to keep up with the projects um, in our Catholic cemeteries, they can sign up for our newsletter, which um, is on, also on our website, and that's uh, Nola Catholic Cemeteries. I, I love getting these updates from you. One of the things that makes New Orleans new, unique is its cemeteries. Do you have the, them open for tours or for family visitation as well? Yeah, so the, um, the cemeteries are open for visitation. Um, St. Louis number one on Basin Street. That's our cemetery that um, is open for families. We issue the family passes so they can contact our office for that um, because otherwise um, that one, um, just visitors or tourists to the city do have to take a tour to go into that cemetery. Um, St. Louis number one is from 1789, a lot of old tombs. Um, in order to protect the cemetery, we did set up some rules of, you know, how many tours can go through at a time. We've limited the number, um, so tours only go through every 15 minutes. Um, it's limited the number of group of people to 20, um, just to cut down on that amount of traffic going through that cemetery so we can protect it. Um, but families, like I said, families... Um, to get in, they can contact our office and get that family pass. And we've been doing that for several years now. So most of the families are aware of that. But if for some reason mm-hmm. somebody's not, just you know, contact our office and we can handle that for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can go to their website, nolacatholiccemeteries.org. All of the information is on there, um, what cemeteries are open and tours and everything like that. Um, Sherry, we've had you on before to talk about Catholicism, our faith, and the I, the uh, option of cremation as well for families. Kind of talk about that. And when families come to you, um, and and the person who has died uh, wants that uh, for themselves, uh, talk about that and how Catholic cemeteries works with the families. Yes. Yeah, so we actually have two dedicated cremation gardens, and when we say gardens, we do not mean scattering. Um, These are gardens that are dedicated for cremated remains. Um, We have a different uh, variety of niches, um, different options. We have one garden. uh, um, Our Lady Queen of All Saints is at St. Patrick number 3 on City Park Avenue, and the St. Michael Archangel Garden um, is at St. Louis number 3 on Esplanade Avenue. Um, That garden was dedicated to all veterans and first responders. Um, but mm-hmm. anyone can purchase in the garden. We just we do offer a discount for veterans and first responders. Um, and like I said, that one's at St. Louis number three. So we're trying to spread the word that, you know, cremation one is, um, is accepted by the Catholic Church. Um, a lot of um, Catholics still don't realize that. But mm-hmm. um, more important is that the cremated remains cannot be scattered. They cannot be separated. Um, and we, we, we do encourage the families. It doesn't matter how long um, they might have had a loved one's cremated remains at home that they can still come to the cemetery and bury. We do get some that, you know, the person is, died maybe 15, 20 years ago, and they're just burying them now. And that's perfectly acceptable. We just want to, you know, spread that word that um, that's okay um, and that that would be better to do than having a situation that we come across sometimes where homes are damaged by hurricanes or 
you know, uh, a family dies off and then, you know, an urn with cremated remains is found in the home, you know, so we really encourage families to come to us and we can help them, you know, give them different options, different, you know, price points um, and get that, you know, cremated remains buried for them. So, mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Sherry, for that information. I know we always like to touch base on that whenever you join us. We have about a minute left. Can you tell us one more time the All Saints Day festivities that we can join in with you? Yeah, so we have two masses, um, 10 a.m. at St. Rock Cemetery and 11 a.m. at, um, that would be with Archbishop Amen and uh, Father Jonathan over at Our Lady of the Rosary. That's at 11 a.m. Um, that's on Esplanade Avenue across from St. Louis number 3. So after the Mass, we will be crossing the street and going over to St. Louis number 3 to walk the cemetery for um, the blessing of the graves. And also, um, one thing I did want to mention, um, because a lot of families are getting excited about this, I'll talk real fast, um, we're doing GPS <laughs> mapping in the cemeteries. So we're getting all of the graves um, GPS mapped. Um, and that eventually will be available for families. So when they're looking for their graves and they can pinpoint that, that they'll have the little pinpoint that drops down in the cemetery so they can find the graves easier. But that's a big wow. project we've been working on. We've been getting a lot of volunteers from Tulane University, and we include all that information in our newsletter as well. So like I said, if anybody wants to sign up for that newsletter, they can do so on our website and get all those new projects and ongoing projects that we've been working on. I love that. Thank you so much, Sherry, for joining us, Executive Director with Catholic Cemeteries. Looking looking forward to speaking with you again in the future. Definitely check that out. NolaCatholicCemeteries.org is that website. They have so many things going on, you guys, and uh, praying for good weather because I know All Saints Day, that's a big day um, and very well attended. So praying for good weather for next week. You bet. So, yeah. yeah, in fact, our grandkids are going to dress up as their favorite saint. So... We're working Aww, on Janice working on costumes and all that stuff. <laughs> so, let's, so let's go out with prayer today in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty, ever-living God, increase our faith, our hope, and our charity. Make us love what you command so that we may merit what you promise. Bless our works and may all of our actions to build the kingdom of God glorify your name and help lead others to you, the gate to the kingdom. We pray this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll catch you back here tomorrow at 7 a.m. Shannon Ean with Woman's New Life Clinic joins us, David Dawson Jr., and many more guests. Have a wonderful Wednesday. God bless. Wake Up is a production of Catholic Community Radio.